0: Our scripture reading today is taken from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 through 13. And our message is entitled, The Greatest Commandment and the Greatest Gift. And this is the Lord's Word. <coughs> Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorstop, doorposts of your house and on your gates. And when the Lord your God brings you into the land that he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob to give you, with, a great, and, with great and good cities that you did not build, And houses full of all good things that you did not fill. And cisterns that you did not dig. And vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant. And when you eat and are full, then take care, lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. It is the Lord your God you shall fear. Him you shall serve, and by his name you shall swear. May the Lord bless us in the reading of his word. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. It's a spring day today. Um, For myself personally, I hope that winter is gone, Uh, that it's a time that we can have these longer days, Uh, time to be refreshed by just the nature around us and I hope many of you are feeling refreshed this morning as you enjoy the sun as your body sort of is a little bit more awake today we continue our series in Deuteronomy and we look today at the law we look today at the commandments that God has given his people And we ask ourselves, where does law, where does commandments have its place in God's people? Where does law have its place in the whole history of redemption that God has given us? And how can we as people embrace the law in such a way that doesn't crush us, but embrace the law in such a way that it builds us up? encourages us. I think for many of us living in our world today, we understand law, we understand regulations, we understand expectations written on paper. And for many of us, this is the way we live. We go to school, the first thing that we wanna see is the syllabus, show me the syllabus. Show me what I need to get done. I don't care who who you are as a teacher. (laughs) I don't really care too much about the subject. Just tell me what I need to get done. Some of us are like that at work. Show me my contract. Show me what I'm obligated to do. Show me X, Y, and Z, and I will perform those things. And as I perform them, you give me the compensation that is due to me. And some of us, unfortunately, in our families, we do the same thing. Just tell me, mom, dad, what you expect of me. And I'll just get them done. Many of us live a life of law out of convenience. Some of us do it because we're good at it. But is that the role of the law that we see here in Scripture? that the law is simply there to define us, but the law is there to help us to understand where we fit in this world. Or is there something more to this law? Is there something more that undergirds this desire to, to obey, this desire to, to, to meet up to a standard? I'm here to say to you that, that I believe scripture teaches us that the law for us as God's people Is no longer burdensome, but the law for God's people is gracious and is good. Now we see here in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 through 13, we see once again that grace always comes before law. And we need to get this in our heads. Even the Old Testament, God's love. And blessings to his people always come before law. It's never God says, it's never God saying, Here is the law, do such things, then I will reveal myself to you. But God always reveals himself, shows his grace, and then gives us his law. So the law is is never meant to be a a standard by which God gives us his grace and gives us his benefits. But the law itself is a gift of the grace that He's already given to us. We see here in verse, in verse um, ten and eleven and twelve. And when the Lord your God brings you into the land that He swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give you with great and good cities that you did not build. Already the language is what God has given you these things. But you did not earn them. God has given you these things. And he accentuates it by saying what? By cities you did not build. Houses full of good things that you did not fill. Cisterns that you did not dig. Vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant. And when you eat and are full. God has given all of these things. Grace comes before law we see this in the Exodus version of the, of the Ten Commandments, right? And I, we, I preached on this probably about six months ago that when, when God brought the people out of Egypt, he brought them out of Egypt first. He saved them first before he gave them the law. And they were in Egypt and God did not say to them, listen, here are the Ten Commandments. If you obey them, then I'll take you out of Egypt. You've shown me your faithfulness, then I'll save you. But God's grace is always lavish. God's grace is always surprising. And God's grace is always undeserving. So I ask you, do you run to God immediately, knowing how vast disgrace is? Do you think that God has put up obstacles for you in which you can meet with, in order for you to complete, to meet with God? Do you really think there's a syllabus for you to complete? before that magic curtain is open and you can see God face to face? Do you really believe that you need to reach a certain status or have a certain morality before God opens those curtains and shows you his face? Scripture tells us the answer is no. That we go to God God has revealed himself to us by his sheer love and his sheer grace to us. This is the context in which the law is given. This is the context in which the Ten Commandments have been shown to us. This is the context in which we understand his law. His law is not burdensome, but his law is a show of his love for us. Look at Deuteronomy 6, verse 4, 13, and look at the verbs. Look at the way everything is sort of intertwined. He says in verse 4, "Love." verse 5, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. We, We see in verse 5 the word love. He's teaching us, he's entreating us to love God. Mixed in there is verse six. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. It's, it's, a, it's, a, heart, it's a heart change. He goes on to, to talk about obeying his law. He talks about serving God. And if you, if you look at all those words together, they're all in the context of God's merciful covenant and for merciful covenant that he's bestowed upon us by his his presence in our lives. To love God, to obey his commandments, to serve him, to have his commands on our heart are all the same thing. They're not distinct. They're not different. In many ways, they're the same thing, but just looked from a different perspective. Your parents maybe said this to you once upon a time. I know that my wife says this to my kids every once in a while. She says, listen, I discipline you. I give you the law because I love you, not because I don't love you. If you aren't my kid, I don't care what you do. (laughs) You go and you play in the sand. You go and you, you know, you... You, you, you misbehave but there's a covenant between me as a parent and you as my child I love you the laws that I give you are not burdensome they're a they're a demonstration of my love to you and so for us as God's people we're like that recalcitrant child who says, a rebellious child who says, the law's unfair. Mom, dad, I don't want to live under the laws of of this house. This is horrible. And then maybe you've done this once upon a time that you decided you want to run away. You pack your suitcase, you get to the front door, and then you realize hopefully most of you come to your senses going, What am I doing out here running away? There's no good that comes from this. That in the fact, my parents love me. That their law is an aspect of that love, their discipline. And me running away, it's not running away from the discipline, but you realize it's running away from your, the, love, hope, the love of your parents. We, as God's people, when we think about the law, we have to be careful that we do not separate the law from God's grace. To separate the law from the person of God. That's what it says here love the Lord your God, keep and obey my commandments. They go together. They're not to be separated. They're what God has given us. Now, there are a couple things I want to say from this passage that, that, that I hope that you will understand. First is that our duty as God's people is to talk about God's laws constantly. But to talk about them in such a way that it is undergirded by God's grace. Okay, So here in this passage, we're, we're talk, God is talking to Israel, and he's talking to especially the, the parents, talking to the generation, saying to them, listen, in order for you to raise up your children, you need to talk about the law to your children day and night. You need to talk about the law to your children when they rise up and when they go to sleep. The law of the Lord is, is so important that you should put them on your foreheads and you'll, you'll see some Orthodox Jews will have little boxes on their foreheads with the Torah that you should put them on the doorposts of your of your homes if you if you know any Jewish people and you ever go to their houses and you see the little thing on the door, the mezuzah, and inside of there is at least this verse, sometimes even more. And then the whole thing for, for, for us is to understand that the law of God should always be impressed upon our hearts. That the law of God should always be coming out from our mouths. That the law of God is something that we live by day and night. And the reason for this is so that the grace that God has given us, we do not forget. And that the grace that God has given us, we can live with thankfulness and with obedience to him. But if you forget the law of God, what happens? We become less thankful. We become less obedient. That's the warning here in verse 10 through 13. If you forget the law of God, if you forget his goodness, you will forget his grace and forget his love for you. Is that not what happens to us? For those of you here, and this is all of us who have a complaining spirit, is it not because we've forgotten the love of God? When we look through the Ten Commandments and it says, thou shall not steal. And we have that opportunity to say, listen, it's just 10 more dollars. Listen, they, they mislabeled the, the uh, I don't know, the coffee maker at Walmart, and, and I know that they mislabeled it, and, you know, should I just take advantage of it or not? And you're like, thou shalt not steal, but hey, that's no, and you, you disobey, it's, it's, have you forgotten what God's already given you? One of the greatest purposes of God's laws is is to show you how much he has already bestowed upon you and to increase in you a thankful heart. For when you do not steal, when you do not covet, when you do not murder, when you do not have other gods before him, when you keep the Sabbath day holy, what you're saying is What? God, you've been gracious to me. And that graciousness to me allows me to be thankful and obedient to you. We must never forget what God has given us. Now, here in this passage, we see that the providential graces, which I like to call in the salvific graces, are sort of mixed together. The, the Old Testament's a little different from the New Testament. We know that these providential graces, the providential graces and what I'm saying is things like, like a, ni- a nice house, you know, finances, uh, providential graces, being married, having children, um, providential graces, uh, living in a country that's free. And the salvific graces are, 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 are simply what? It's, it's being known by Christ and having our sins forgiven and knowing that we're his children. God wants us to be thankful for all of those things, to know that through Christ that we have been saved and that that great grace is ours, and to know that that great grace no one can take away and that that great grace sustains us. And encourage us to live like children of God. But for many of us, it's not so much the salvific grace that's the issue. It's those providential graces that we want more of. God, you pr- it's great having you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus, but how about, there's other things I want in this world. Can I have those too? can I have those two and for us as God's people it's not so much that that, 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 for, for us as God's people we need to understand that these things that God gives these providential graces is simply according to his wisdom according to his timing according for his glory and according to what's best for you and for me providential graces is something that we cannot control but as God's people, we see that our salvific grace of being known for Jesus, knowing by Jesus overrides anything that God gives us today. You see the Ten Commandments for us in this time period, if you look at them, thou shalt not murder, which means what? It means that you think that you have the right to be angry at someone and you have the right to dehumanize someone. Thou shalt not steal. You have the right to have have possessions, to have wealth. Thou shalt not covet your neighbor's wife shalt not commit adultery you think you have the right to have a relationship God's saying those things I will give according to my wisdom but look over here to what I've given you in Christ Jesus myself life Come to me and be filled with the joys and pleasures of knowing me. So, we as God's people have to understand that the purpose of the law is to show us once again that God has been gracious to us and to be a people who is thankful for all that he has given. One more illustration to hopefully help you see this. Have you ever seen a child who is spoiled? I have. I look in the mirror all the time. (laughs) But you don't know you're spoiled or a child doesn't know they're spoiled unless they see a standard. Right? I mean, One of the things that you know, parents love to do is to send their kids on, on mission trips when their kids get, quote-unquote, little spoiled. And unfortunately, it's not to spread the gospel, but they want their kids to see how good they have it. They want to show a different standard so they can say, Oh, my goodness, I am spoiled. And hopefully grow in thankfulness to God for what they have. Okay. That's that's every parent's initial desire. It's, it's not for them to know Jesus. It's like, just make my kids less spoiled and more, more uh, uh, obedient, right? That's what God does for us. The law shows us that we are rich already. We don't need any of these things that is around us. See, this is not only a, a commandment, this is a gift that God has given us to demonstrate and to show us who he is. The, the, the second thing, the last thing about this is you no know, first is have a heart of thank, the purpose of the law is to give us a heart of thankfulness. But the, the second thing is for us to obey the law in order to show his goodness to others. Obeying God's law not only sort of fills us with joy, but that joy enables us to go share with other people the goodness of God. We're not legalistic about it. And in fact, if, if you are, we, we, we need to repent. We're not out there in the world saying, you know, listen, I, I don't, you know, I, I'm, I'm waiting till I get married before, you know, I, I have sex because I'm, I'm a Christian and, well, you're not. <laughs> We're not here to, again, divide the law from grace, divide the law from the person of God. We're not here to, to make the law, the, the, law the thing of our religion itself. It's always Jesus, it's always God. But our joy of, of obeying these laws is to demonstrate to other people that I'm loved by God. You want to, you wronged me? You, here, here's my other cheek. It's okay. I'm, I'm loved by God. And I'm going to show you that love. Hey, you know, going to the Walmart line. Hey, l- listen, listen. This, this thing is labeled wrong. It should be $50, not 20 And I look at you weird. And what are you doing? It's like, it's only, it's only money. I'm, I'm loved by God. Our obedience to Him and, and keeping that law enables the world to see that we belong to a God who has given graciously and freely to us. Now, there may be some of you here today who are still wondering what does it mean? I hear you, Pastor Young, but but what what does it mean to to, to know this God that you worship? What do I have to do? Hopefully, if if you've been listening carefully, you'll see that the only thing you have to do is simply to go to God with your disobedient heart and to know that God is there to accept you with that heart. God is not here primarily first and foremost to make you obedient. God is here first and foremost to show you how much you are loved. And God loves you. And when God has a hold of your heart. You will, like all of us here who know the Lord. Will strive by the help of his spirit. To show our thankfulness to him. By embracing the laws that he has given us. So I ask you. Ask the Lord to show himself to you, and he will. Lastly, brothers and sisters, and I'd be remiss if I didn't add this, and this is sort of an addendum, uh, more than sort of a main part of this message, is growing in the Lord is not natural. Believers. It's not natural. Even with the Holy Spirit in us, it still is like swimming upstream, not going downstream. I wish sanctification was something that was normal and easy for us to do. But there's no one in this room who will say, oh, it really is easier and easier to read scripture or it's easier and easier to love people. But sanctification is is still a battle that we fight. That as the Spirit comes in us, we forget too often the grace that God has given us. We forget too often that these laws here that we break constantly means that we forget God's grace. But what's wonderful about God is that we know that we're justified by faith. That no matter how many mistakes we make, that sea of grace is deep enough to forgive all of our sins. And so I encourage you, my brothers and sisters. When you sin, go to God. And I encourage you, my brothers and sisters, when you read the law and it feels too heavy for you, don't simply say, oh, I got to try harder. I'll get you nowhere. Instead, when you read the law, say, and it gets too heavy for you, go, God, forgive me. For I've separated your law from your grace. Help me to run to your grace first and give me the heart to obey what you have commanded. And the Lord will bless you. Let's pray.